As a young kid, I was always afraid of thunderstorms, especially at night. I was on the top floor of our house as a kid, and I, had a, I could hear the water hitting the roof, uh, and I had a window to the outside, so I would see the lightning whenever it would strike. And often I would just go downstairs where it was a little quieter and a little bit darker and just kind of cover my ears and try to go to bed whenever there was a thunderstorm at night. Now that I've grown, I've obviously sort of grown out of that fear, thankfully, uh, of a thunderstorm. It's something I kind of like to, uh, to watch, although it can be a distraction from sleep, if anything else. But I think whether it's something as mundane as a thunderstorm, or maybe something deeper, all of us struggle at times with fear. Fear and anxiety, whether it's, again, about mundane, everyday things, or about something deeper, like the future. All of us have experienced fear in our lives, no doubt about it. And I think we, we know nowadays that more people live with fear and anxiety and trepidation than, than ever before. It's not even a COVID thing. It's a life thing. I don't think it's a coincidence that it's coincided with many people abandoning the gospel and not having that stable presence of God in their lives. But even people who are Christians and devout people can still experience fear and still experience anxiety. <clears throat> fear is a very basic human thing that all of us experience at times. And so I think this gives us a lot in common with the apostles in the gospel that we just heard. Hiding away in the upper room, the doors locked out of fear. And these apostles had many valid things to be afraid of. After all, Jesus, their leader, had just been persecuted, and many of them probably thought that they were next. Everyone in Jerusalem was talking about what had happened, this alleged resurrection that had supposedly happened that everyone was talking about, and they probably were being hounded by people asking, is this true? Is this true? So they probably had a little bit of anxiety with being the center of attention. That probably only added to it. And so what did these disciples do? They hid themselves in the upper room, not unlike Adam and Eve after they had sinned, hiding themselves away from everyone else and trying to hide, if you will, from God. But just as God did in the garden with Adam and Eve, Christ does here. He seeks them out. He finds them and enters into their trepidation and into their fear. And the first words out of Jesus' mouth to his disciples after the resurrection, peace be with you. Peace be with you. He says it twice in the first apparition, and he says it again at the second apparition, the one that Thomas was finally at. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Those are the words of Jesus to his disciples. He knows that they are experiencing great fear and anxiety and maybe even shame over their abandonment of Jesus during his crucifixion. He knows that his disciples are fearful of persecution and their futures. He knows their hearts. And yet the very first thing out of Jesus' mouth to his disciples, peace be with you. Christ wanted them to know of his peace. The very first words out of his mouth. There was one thing that the apostles needed in that moment. It was our Lord's peace. The peace of Jesus that comes to dispel all fear and trepidation and worry. 
That's what Christ does. That's what his light brings to the equation. It dispels darkness and fear and gives us his peace. And so many people in our world do not have interior peace. So much of our society does not have inner peace. So much going on around us. If anything, I think societal unrest is a symptom of interior unrest. Stress and anxiety over school, over friendships, over work. It leads us to being alienated from ourselves, isolated from others, and estranged from God. It's a threefold division that happens. We're alienated from ourselves, isolated from others, and estranged from God. And so many problems in our society, I think, I think are because of interior anxieties made visible, made outwardly visible. Fear separates, brothers and sisters. It divides. It fragments our lives where there should instead be unity and clarity. And by contrast, the peace of Christ brings reconciliation between ourselves, others, and God. And it brings harmony where there had previously been division. And so it's also no surprise that immediately after telling his disciples, peace be with you, the next words out of Jesus' mouth are words of reconciliation. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them. In St. John's Gospel, this is the moment when Jesus gives his apostles the sacrament of reconciliation. If you think about it, where there is division, there needs to be reconciliation. And if fear divides us and separates us from God, we need his peace to bring forth reconciliation, to be reconciled with God. It's an effect of the sacrament of confession itself, but also the resurrection. Because if you think about it, before the resurrection, the thought of spending an eternity separated from God was a very real possibility. That was the reality that many people faced. Up until the resurrection, death instilled fear, it instilled distress, and ultimately separated us from God. Now, after the resurrection, those fears need not afflict us anymore. Christ our Lord has conquered the fear of eternal punishment. He has conquered death itself, the greatest fear that any of us could ever have. And so to demonstrate this conquering, Jesus wants his disciples to behold his wounds in his hands, in his feet, and in his side. To show them that he has conquered that pain of crucifixion and ultimately death. But more than that, he, to show, to showing his disciples his wounds is Jesus telling them, this is the worst that can happen to you. And I'm still here. I'm still walking around in front of you. I'm okay. I went through the worst thing you could possibly go through, and I turned out okay. And so for the disciples, seeing that hopefully brought them a great deal of reassurance. Because if that was the worst that could happen to us, brothers and sisters, and if Christ conquered it, then we need not fear it. Our problems, our fears, and our anxieties we see compared to Christ are so small compared to what he faced. Seeing his wounds and the nail marks gave the disciples and us the proper perspective. So with Christ, brothers and sisters, we have little to fear 
in this life. He wants us, he wants his disciples to touch his wounds, to see them, to behold them, to see that through Christ we can conquer fear and hopelessness as well. So brothers and sisters, where does Christ need to tell you, peace be with you? Maybe where is that upper room we're hiding away in fear? Today, let's let Christ enter into that upper room and have him show us his risen body so that we, like Christ before us, can conquer fear and death and receive the peace of the risen Lord.